the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Ah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We serve an awesome God, don't we? Ah, he's an amazing God. Praise the Lord. It's an honor to be back at Tabernacle of Praise. Wow. God is good. Praise the Lord. Uh, Bishop Smith, Bishop Weir, uh, the congregation, uh, we are here to celebrate two beautiful people, wonderful people in the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. It's just a blessing to be back here. I think it's been a while since I've been here at Tabernacle of Praise where I, I talk to Bishop a lot. We've been on a mission the field. But it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. And those of you that stayed and are here at the 3 o'clock service, it has to be intentional, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are here for a good cause. And uh, a lot of people don't understand, but we're here for a good cause. And what we're doing is spiritual. Praise the Lord. It's just a blessing to be here. Uh, I bring you greetings from, from Texas, uh, from Arlington Christian Bible Fellowship. Uh, when Bishop invited me and I told my wife I was coming, she said, you got to take me. But when she looked at her calendar, she had an engagement in Minnesota. Her niece was getting grad, uh, graduation was going on in Minnesota, so she had to go there. But she says hi to everyone. Bishop, she says hi to you. I'm honored to be here to share with you all at uh, the appreciation of Bishop and Sister Jackson. It's just a blessing because Bishop has inspired me, praise the Lord. Uh, I remember I met Bishop uh, some 20 years ago. He came to do a wedding for a friend, for one of his sons in the ministry in Texas. And if I can recall, this, uh, the guy said, can Bishop stay with you? Can you lodge Bishop? I didn't know Bishop. I haven't seen him before. And I said, yeah, you know. So Bishop was my guest. And we started talking, and we just connected. And, and what connected us, that he had been to Liberia. And not only he had been to Liberia, he had, he, had, he had gone to the place I was born, Sino County. And he started talking about Baffle Bay, and, and I said, wow. I said, wow, I mean, and, and, and getting to Baffle Bay at that time when Bishop was going, it wasn't that car taking you all the way. That means you had to stop and walk, get in the canoe and go, you know. So it was easy, but this man said he'd been way up there in Baffle Bay, praise the Lord. And I was inspired, but that was not what inspired me the most. I was a young man, and uh, I was thinking there was a church in Beaumont. Uh, my missionary dad, he was getting old. He said, why don't you come and take over this church? Uh, the church had been around for probably 40 years. And he said, why don't you come and take over this church? And I told Bishop, we got to talking, and Bishop said, have you? He said this, and I'll never forget. He said, have you ever thought about planting a church in the Dallas Fort? He said, have you thought about planting a church? I said, me planting a church to be a pastor? But I prayed about it. <clears throat> I prayed about it. And Arlington Christian Bible Fellowship was planted because of Bishop Jackson. What he put into my spirit, praise the Lord. I will never forget that. And, and, and then he said, you're going to go with us on a mission trip? 
Well, I'm from Liberia, right? I went every now and then. But Bishop inspired me to go back to Liberia, my own country, praise the Lord. And we've been going ever since. And KCMI was planted. And we've been going ever since. And, and Tabernacle of Praise, you have an excellent man of God. Hey, you, you, you don't hear me. You, you don't hear me. You have. I've been in America. I, I've been with around a lot of pastors and apostles and bishops. And uh, I've been around, but I've never seen one like Bishop Jackson. He's a true man of God. Uh, he, 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 that, he carries that anointing uh, that just love people. The love of people. Uh, and, 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 and it's really inspired me, you know, to, to go back on the mission field, to go there and, 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 to, and to serve and, and, to, and to minister to people, people that probably we wouldn't want to associate with. I remember when we were on a mission trip last month, right, when Sis Gladys was there, and we went to this restaurant. It's called the World Best in Kakata. That's where the... Uh, and, and we went after we have work. It's hot in Liberia. It's hot. It's humid. I know, you know, and we go to this restaurant. It's hot. And, and they ran out of certain soup because, you know, they ran out of certain soup. And, and I remember on the menu they had goat soup. Okay. I said what? Goat soup. And in my heart I said, ah, Bishop and Sis Gladys, they're from the United States. Goat soup? You know, I'm not a lover of goat soup either. But they ordered it. And they ate it. I'm serious. You know, goat soup with rice. And, and they didn't complain. They didn't grumble. Are you honest? Yeah, it was good. But, you know, it, it said a lot to me that these people are humble and they really love the Lord. Goat soup. Says glad you remember? It was good. We had goat soup in Kakata. The restaurant is called the World Best. We're going to be in Kakata next year. And if you go to Kakata, go to the World Best, you'll have some goat soup. But we are here to honor two great people, people that love the Lord. And, and, and coming past your appreciation, I've been to a lot. And Bishop asked me to come up. I was so glad and pleased to come up here. Bishop, uh, I went to the store, says Gladys, they say good things come in little boxes. So this is for you. Okay. That's for you. And Bishop, and I always say this, I like good stuff. Okay? I, I like good quality stuff. You know, people give you a gift and you can't use it. They just give you stuff sitting on the shelf. That you can use, but I took my time, Bishop, and I went to one of the best stores in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I got you some stuff you can use. God bless you, Bishop. That's for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, they deserve it. They do. They do. Pastor Appreciation. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today, and, and, and usually at my church, I, I usually I will say something funny. You know, to get you laughing a little bit. Because sometimes we get in church, we're so uptight. Yeah. And I want to share something funny with you. Uh, and it'll make you laugh, loosen up a little bit. Because we want to have a good time in the Lord. Amen? Amen. 
In Texas, I think Texas is the only state, when you drive to Austin, the capital, the traffic is, is so bad in Austin, they built a tollway, another road, it's, it's called uh, Interstate 30. You, when you go to Austin from Dallas to Austin, you take 35, and you take 30, you can bypass Austin, the capital, to get to San Antonio. I went on that road a lot of time because my son went to UTA, UTSA, University of Texas in San Antonio. But anyway, on that road, you can go up to 85 miles per hour. Yeah, in Texas, you can drive up to 85 miles per hour, no to nothing. You can go 85 on that road. A guy retired. He bought him a nice sports car. He bought him a Corvette. He got retired. He bought him a nice Corvette, and he went on that 30, that road, that tollway, and he was going fast in that Corvette. He, wasn't going, he was going over 85. He was going over 85, so it'd be, that means he was going fast. 85, they won't stop you, but you go past 85. So the state trooper, woo, woo, woo. But the more the state trooper was coming behind him, he pressed that Corvette, and he was flying. He called for backup. The state trooper called for backup, and all those lights were just flashing. And he saw all those lights behind him. So he slowed down. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon when this happened, and the, and the guy came, the trooper came to him and said, Sir, why were you going so fast? It's 4.30. I'm supposed to arrest you. You're going way above the speed limit. I'm supposed to arrest you and take you in and lock you up. I'm not, it's not about writing a ticket, but it's about 4.30, and I want to go home. I get off at 5. I don't have time to do all the paperwork. But if you tell me, you give me a good honest reason why were you speeding I'll let you go he looked at the state trooper he said sir years ago a state trooper took my woman and when I saw the state trooper coming with the serene I thought you were bringing her back I'm glad I got you laughing. Praise the Lord. The guy said, you said, yeah, I thought you were bringing her back. So he told me, say, you can go. Let him go. Praise the Lord. We bless God for this day. This is a day that we came to honor. We have come to honor Bishop and Sister Gladys. I want to read some verse to you. I Probably you're familiar with these verses, but I want you to stand with me. And there's some verses I want to read uh, for your hearing. They come, the Bible talks about appreciating the man of God. Amen. So where you can, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, it talks about honoring the man of God, honoring the people of God that serve in the church. And I'll read a few verses for you. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. In the book of Philippians, it says this, Philippians chapter 4, it says this, starting from verse 15 to 17. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of my acquaintance with the gospel, I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. Verse 17. Not that I desire your gift, but I desire it is that more be credit to your account. Can somebody say credit? credit. Praise the Lord. 
Then I go to Thessalonians chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. He said, now we ask you, brother and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Last, Hebrews chapter 13, 16 through 17. And do not forget to do good to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. Dear God, we bless you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, because you are a good God. I thank you for Bishop Jackson, Bishop Jackson and Sister Jackson. I thank you for this great church. I thank you for the people that I gather here today. Use your servant for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you simple. Probably you heard this before. I want to talk to you on just the pulpit and the pew. The pulpit and the pew. You can say the pastor and the congregation, the pulpit and the pew. Can you say that? Say the pulpit and the pew. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Praise the Lord. There was a text read for us this morning. There was a text read. It, uh, the sister read a text. It came out of the book of John when it talks about the harlan. He said the harlan when the, when the wolf come, because he is not the shepherd, when there is trouble, he runs away. But the Bible said that the shepherd was stay to watch over the flock. Amen. I come to tell you that Bishop Jackson has watched over this flock for a long time in a good manner and in a good way, praise the Lord. There is a misunderstanding in the church about the pulpit and the pew. A lot of people don't understand the work of the pastor. A lot of people don't understand what a pastor goes through. A lot of people don't understand what a pastor needs to do. Every Sunday, your expectation that the pastor will come, no matter the situation, but he has to deliver a word. He has to preach. You don't know if he had a bad week. You don't know if everything that his bills are paid or he's not feeling well, but your expectation that he come with a smile on his face and he preached the word. And you preach, and, and after he gets through preaching, nobody said, thank you, pastor, that was a good word. You pack your stuff and you go home. I want to talk to you today about the pulpit and the pew, praise the Lord. The Bible said that God in his infinite wisdom and, and God created you and, and God created me and, and God knew that in this dispensation of grace that the church had to do the work. Praise the Lord. It was the church to propagate the gospel. And the Bible said he got pastors to lead the church. Amen. In the book of Jeremiah, he says that I will give you shepherds. I will give you pastors that will teach you understanding and knowledge. Can somebody say amen? amen. So I come to say that the, that the pastor, when, when he teaches 
I heard the testimony I was giving here today. Bishop Jackson has been an inspiration. He has blessed this church. He has taught you well. He's a man of integrity. And today is a day that we have decided to honor him. It is spiritual. Praise the Lord. As we honor this man and this woman of God, praise the Lord. So I tell you, the pastor, the Bible said that, that, that there, there is some responsibility from this pulpit. Praise the Lord. There is some responsibility from this pulpit. Amen. And, and, and as the pastor blesses you all year round, we pick a day to celebrate him. We pick a day to celebrate him. What is expected from the pulpit? What is expected? We expect our pastor... To preach the word. It's an awesome responsibility that he will preach the word of God to you. True, nice, pleasant doctrine of the Bible. He will preach. Not heresy. He will preach the word of God. And that word of God that he preaches blesses you. You can come to church with a burden, but when you hear the word of God, it's something about the word of God, right? That that burden is released. That you, you, you feel something in your spirit. That that word touches you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Two men went to church. Two men. They went to church. And, and, the, and, and they got up. Two men. They went to church. And one guy, he, he listened. They sang. They read the scripture. The brother read the scripture. When it's time to give the offering, he criticized. He said, that's what church is all about. All they want is money. In the service, he's just speaking to himself. He's just talking. They're preaching. Uh, the choir came up. They sung. He said, that song, they didn't sing it right. He sang it in his heart. The pastor got her to preach. He said in his heart, well, now he's preaching. He's not saying this right. He's not saying that. And he got up. And then one guy, the other guy, said two men went to the church. Other guy, the, the praise and worship, the song time for the offering what he had he give the pastor came and preached a word and the word really blessed him the word blessed he said wow i needed that word they went home one was blessed one wasn't because he had a bad attitude about the word i come to tell you when you come to church the word of god is preached you receive it and it blesses you praise the lord the pastor preaches the word and it's blessed it bless you the Bible said in the book of Hebrew, I'm talking about the pastor's responsibility. The Bible said, I put, I put him in charge to be over your soul. I want to spark right there. It's an awesome responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility. That your soul, when God made man, he made man in his own image. And the Bible said, he breathed into man and man became a what? A living soul. And God put the pastor in charge of your soul. That he has to give an account for it. I don't know about you, but Bishop, Sister Jackie, they have to give an account for you. So God has given the pastor an awesome responsibility. The pulpit for him to teach the word. God has placed your soul that he will direct you. Praise the Lord. The pastor is not only preaching, he's your counselor. Amen. I hear you can call him any time of the night. He will answer the phone. No, Bishop, you can call. He will pick up the phone and he will answer. Because that's the responsibility God has given him. And not only in here at Tabernacle of Praise, but he has taken that responsibility all over the world. In Africa. All over the world. Africa. Blessing people. Listening to the call of God. 
That's the responsibility. That's the pulpit. That's what he's supposed to do. He's doing that. I said the pulpit and the pew. What is your responsibility to the church? What is your responsibility to the pastor? Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? I know I will get a lot of amen, but I want to teach something today. Praise the Lord. As we celebrate the man of God, because the Bible said, those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. A lot of people don't understand that. He preaching. He's teaching. You can call him anytime. And the Bible said he ought to live from the gospel that he's preaching. Tabernacle praise, what you are doing is celebrated in heaven. That you will celebrate your pastor and his wife. God is pleased with that. Praise the Lord. You see, well, we, we, we say this all the time. We say this all the time. And we say, touch them and touch not my anointing, right? Don't touch the man of God. God is not pleased. But not only don't touch him, but the Bible said that you should bless him. Amen. Bless the man of God. That's why we are here. So when you, from the Old Testament, from the Old Testament, and we go on to the New Testament, Paul says that those that preach the word, amen, that we should hold them in high esteem. He said that we should give them a double portion, amen. The pulpit, he's in charge of your soul. That's, that, that's, a, that's an awesome task. I, knowing Bishop Jackson, if you're not feeling well, he's not feeling well. Uh, listen to me, church. I'm a pastor. He loves his church so much. If you're not doing good, he's not doing good. If something is going on in your family, it bothers him. A true pastor, it will bother he, He's praying for you. He's seeking the Lord for you. On your behalf. He's God's angel to you in your life and your family. That's the work of the pastor. If your pastor is not praying for you, you know, I don't know, as a pastor, I, I, when, I, when I'm in my daily devotion, I carry my congregation. I know Bishop does that. He talks about tabernacle praise. Everywhere he goes, he does that. He carries. He, when, the, the, when the Bible says that burden, he carries because he wants you to do well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. Have you ever asked a pastor to pray for me? You don't have to ask him. He prays for you already. A prayer, it's prayer is one of the hallmarks of a pastor that he prays for his congregation. You say, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? You can pray for yourself. You can stay at home and pray. But it's something about when the man of God prays for you, it carries a heavier weight. Praise the Lord. You say, Pastor, can you show me the Bible? You remember the story about Hannah in the Bible? The Bible said that Hannah had a situation. And she went to the temple and she was talking to God and the man of God came there. And when she told the man of God what she was, she was praying for, he said to you, Hannah, God has heard you. By this time next year, you have a child. I'm going to tell you the importance of the pastor, the importance of the pew. When your pastor takes your name to God, it's a different story. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you don't understand prayer. You can be praying. Probably God might not hear you. I'm, I'm not saying God hear all of us. Amen. But it's something because he's God's ambassador. He's God's prophet. He God representative to you. So in other words, when he's taking you in prayer and he talks to God on your behalf, God's hear him. Praise the Lord. You might be praying, but when your pastor prays, that is reverse. Let me give you an illustration. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration. Who y'all watch football? Come on, somebody. Y'all watch football, right? 
Let me let me break it down when your pastor prays. Let me break it when your pastor prays for you. When you watch football, when you play in the NFL, when there is a when there is a call, when the rest makes a call, amen. You can challenge that call. There is a red flag that is thrown on the field. Am I right? The ref made a call, said that happened. He said, no. The coach said, no, 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 no. I'm not accepting the coach. Amen? The coach said, no, I ain't taking that call. I'm going to throw my red flag down. Your pastor throws a red flag down for you. And that call goes to New York. They review the call. They review the call. And it comes back. And they say, you got to change the play. I come to tell you, when your pastor play for, pray for you, the call is reversed. The enemy. He said, no, I'm going to throw a red flag down, devil. This not happened to my daughter. This not happened to my child. And he goes to God. And there's a reverse on the call. Am I not right in the NFL? The call said, no, you got to change that call, ref. When your pastors pray for you, that's a different in your life. That's the pulpit. What is your responsibility? There are some things you got to do for your pastor, praise the Lord. As we celebrate the pastor today, amen? There are some things that we can do for our pastors. Amen. There are some things we can do for our pastor. Amen. He, he labors. He gives instruction. But there are some things we can do. They are simple things, and I will go through them. One of the things that will please your pastor, if you attend service, the pope and the pew. I, I, I'm telling you, when, 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 you, when your pastor sees you in the pew, he sees you on Wednesday night Bible study. He sees you on Sunday morning. It is pleasing to him. Praise the Lord. That's your responsibility. The pope and the pew in prayer. When you come to church on Sunday morning, it pleases the man of God. Yeah, oh yeah. You're a faithful member that I, I, I don't want to miss Bible study. I, I don't want to miss Sunday uh, school. I don't want to miss church service. We live in America, and, I, and I've been here long, and we, we, got, we are so busy. We, we are so busy. We will put everything, everything in front of church. Oh, yeah, we'll put everything in front of church. I have a young congregation. I have you know, young people, and, 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 and I got to take my son to a soccer game on Sunday. They put the soccer games on Sunday. The heating. I got to take my son to soccer game on Sunday. Uh, uh, pastor, uh, they got rehearsed on Wednesday night. And I wonder, I said, why can't they put the, Wednesday, the rehearsal on Tuesday? Why can't they put it on Thursday? They put it on Wednesday. The devil is so crafty. Attend. You see, your presence means a lot to the man of God. Your presence, you, you, you might not know, your presence that I will be in church. I will be in Bible study. I will be in Sunday school. Your presence. Not only your presence, your attend service, but respect the man of God. We live in a world, I work, he worked. He got money, I got money, he could drive a car, drive my car, and the respect is not there. The respect is not there for the pulpit. It's not, I'm serious. Uh, our action says the respect is not there for the man of God. The, and the Bible have told you that he watches over your soul, but the respect. So the Bible in the book of Thessalonians said, you need to hold them in high regard, respect for the pulpit. 
Respect for the man of God. It's so important. Respect. Not only that you respect your pastor, he said, well, why do I respect my pastor? But you protect the man of God. I said, you what? You protect the man of God. He said, Pastor, how can I protect? Am I supposed to be a buddy God? But the same way your pastor prays for you, you pray for your pastor. The enemy, you, you have to lift the man and the woman of God in prayer. So the, the congregation has to pray for the pastor. And I know, Tabernacle, you do because the many trips that Bishop makes overseas, I know the hands of God is on him. Because the people here at Tabernacle are praying for him. You have to protect gossip. People talk. Don't be part of the, the crowd. If you're a member of this church and you are out there in the barber shop or you're out there at the beauty salon and they start talking about your church and talking about the pastor because some pastor did something somewhere else and you just keep quiet. And you don't say nothing because Pastor Joe somewhere did something so all of the pastors are staying and you just sit there, go along with the crowd and talk about the pastor. I'm not getting a lot of amen. You can protect yeah. Protect the man of God. Somebody told me, said, Pastor, I almost got in a fight for somebody who was talking about you. And I know what they were saying was not true. But I almost got in. I said, don't fight. He said, I almost wanted to whip that person. Get in the face of somebody and tell them, say, you cannot talk about that about my church. You can talk anything you want to. Let's change the conversation. But just take your mouth from the man of God. Protect the pastor. The pulpit and the pew. Something that is lacking in our churches. Not only, there seems to be no loyalty anymore. The pulpit and the pew. No loyalty. We change churches like we changing skirt or we changing our blouse or pants. We like grasshopper hop from one church to another. Loyalty. 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 Look at his neighbor and say, neighbor. Loyalty. You see, God has planted you here at Tabernacle of Praise. God, wait, let, me, let me teach something. God has planted you here. And every time you join a church, it is registered in heaven. And God has not given nobody the reason to leave because, I, listen to me now, and I'll break it up. When you are part of a congregation, when you're part of the church, God has put this man over your soul. It's recorded in heaven. They know you are part of tabernacle of praise. It is recorded. God knows that where you go for corporate worship, that where you go for Bible study, and all of a sudden, something happened. The pastor counsel you or somebody step on your toe. You jump and go somewhere. God knows you left already, but it's record, recorded in heaven. Okay. And this is how a lot of people miss their blessings. God knows that you're supposed to be here. And you've been praying for something. And the season for your blessing has come. And your blessing come, but the blessing is because you are, you're supposed to be part of tabernacle praise, right? So, but you're not there anymore. And the blessing come. It goes back to heaven. When you get a mail, when they say, what did the mail say when you're not at that address? What did the mail say? It says, send back to what? Send back to what? 
Sender. They say, well, send back. Are you understand what I'm saying? You're supposed to be here, but you're not here. So the blessing has come, but you're not there. It goes back. It's in the heavenly realm. It's just sitting there because you're not there. You're not there. It's, it goes back to sender. A lot of your blessing has come, but it went back because you were not there. It went back to sender. It happens every day, right? If you move and you don't tell the post office that you move, and when your milk comes, what does it do? It goes back. They say, go send back to what? The sender. God sent your blessing, but you were not there. You were not loyal enough. You were not there. So it went back. They say, yeah, that's true. It went back. Because where you were supposed to be, you were not there. Your blessing was supposed to come on Wednesday night, but you didn't show up to Bible study. Your blessing was coming that Sunday morning, but you ditched. It went somewhere. It went back to center. Loyalty. 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 The pulpit and the pew. Not only that, not only loyalty. I have one more and I'll be out of your air. Praise the Lord. One more. Amen. Loyalty. Sometimes you got to forgive your pastor. Boys, church folks are the folk, most ungiving folks. We don't know everything. We never claim to know everything. Amen? Bishop might say something. I might say something wrong with somebody. We don't know everything. But we just holding the heart. Lady Gladys said this, and it didn't sit well with me. And we just holding our heart. And we're holding our hearts. When we're holding our hearts, amen? We stop coming to church. We stop giving. We stop participating. Are you listening to me? Because that unforgiving spirit is there. So we don't participate. We don't give. We come, we look, and we just go. When it says somebody just go here and there, and we just leave. Because something inside of us, I won't let it go. The pastor said this. The sister said this. We have to learn to forgive. Loyalty will learn to forgive. Teamwork, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Pastor don't have to actually volunteer, I would do it. I've seen, you know, Bishop loves the mission field, and, and I've come to this church, and I see a lot of people that volunteer. They just, you know, we'll do mission conference. You volunteer. You work hard. Uh, that's, that's great. Volunteer. The Pope and the Pew. Teamwork, volunteer. And then generosity. Generosity. The Pope and the Pew. The Bible says you, you need to be generous. When you are generous, we always talk about giving. You give to God, you give, but when you give to the man of God, when you give to the woman of God, it's like you're giving to God himself. And when you give to God, Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, your church was the only church that gave to me, and this will be credit. You want me to talk about credit? You live in America, you know what credit is? The word credit was used in the Bible. Who, who is in America don't know about credit? You can buy a house if you don't have no credit. You can buy a car if you don't have no credit. You can do nothing in America if you don't have any credit. The Bible said, Paul said, when you give to me, it was a credit to your account. When you give to God, you're building your credit. When you give to the men of God, you're building your credit in heaven. And when you have a good credit in heaven, what happened? When you have a good credit, let me, you understand what credit is, right? Who here bought a house before? 
or bought a car? Raise your hand. When you have good credit, what is your percentage rate when you go buy a car? It's low. When you don't have no credit, what is your percentage rate? It's high. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you have good credit in heaven. When you have good credit because you are given to the man of God. It's easy. That's why that verse said, my God will supply all, all of your needs according to his riches in glory. That verse is not for you if you're not a giver. Don't never claim that verse. It, that verse was for people that give to the apostle. He said, because you have given to me your bit of credit, my God, the God that I serve, will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. If you're not giving, that verse is not for you. That verse is not for you if you're not giving. If you're not a giver, you can say that verse day in and day out. It will because you have no credit. It doesn't change it. You won't get that car. You'll get a high interest rate because you have no credit. But when you have credit in heaven because you give to the man of God, God says, I will supply your needs. I will supply your needs according to my riches. Ain't nobody richer than God. Bill Gates is not richer than God. According to my riches in heaven, I will supply your needs. Generosity. Give. I will do something different today. That's what I do when I preach a pastor appreciation. We're going to give. I'm about to close. We're going to give. Amen? I want everybody to stand. I'm finished. I want everybody to stand. Bishop said, I want everybody to stand. The Bible said they brought gifts at the apostles' feet. I know the church was tasked, and, you know, they say everybody give there for pastor appreciation, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna give them a dessert. We're going to do the dessert today, okay? I want everybody to come. Whatever you have, I want you to come. We're going to lay at their feet. Amen? Start looking at your purses. If you have a debit card, you can go. What's the, what's the app? Get a five. But we're going to come. I, the usher's going to leave. We're going to come. But we, 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 it's not in order. We're going to come today. That's my altar call. We're going to come today. We're going to be generous. And we're going to lay it at their feet. And say we love them. We're going we're gonna to put something down. Amen? Praise the Lord.